Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi, thank you for joining me today. Today's podcast episode is being sponsored by John and Tricia Ferreira in memory of their son, John Jr. Tricia shares with us, John Ferreira Jr. was our firstborn child and only son, making an early arrival on December 24th at 11.23 p.m., almost a Christmas baby, which we felt was a gift of love given to us that year. John, Johnny, Jr., all of which he was often referred to, was our sweet little man. He was a kind and giving child, constantly taking snacks or surprises to school for his friends, usually the ones who tended to be a little different. Several times he was even acknowledged by his teachers for his unbiased and accepting personality. John was always the protector of his sister, who was 16 months younger than him, his younger cousins, and anyone who he felt needed it. He followed in his dad's footsteps, both in working to take over the family business and in becoming a helicopter pilot, getting his license at age 22. His instructor referred to him as a natural. He turned out to be an amazing pilot, especially navigating in strong wind, and flew his father's helicopter for 10 years. We were introduced to snowmobiling as a family when he was only three years old, and it became his absolute favorite activity. Johnny went snowmobiling with us the week before his passing, and it will forever be one of many memories carved in our hearts forever. John Ferreira Jr. passed on January 20th of 2020 at age 32. We will never ever be the same, but we are thankful that one day we will be reunited and be whole again. Thank you, John and Tricia, for sharing John Jr. with us and for sponsoring today's episode in his memory. I've decided to spend a couple of weeks during the holidays talking about a topic that can be very controversial in the Christian world, which is discussing whether our children can give us signs that they are around us at times or be able to communicate with us in some way after they die. Last week, I shared my own thoughts based on what I personally see and have studied in Scripture. And yes, I have been an ordained minister since 2009, if that makes any difference to anyone. If you have not heard episode 189, the one previous to this one, please listen to it before continuing with this week's episode, as it lays the groundwork for my conversation today with my guest, Nancy Weil. Now, I'm going to be very upfront here and ask you not to respond to this discussion on what the Bible says about this topic. If you want to share your interpretation or your thoughts of what the Bible has to say on this, please do it in the appropriate place, which is episode 189, because putting those kinds of comments under this episode, we're just not going to approve them. It's just not the right place to put them. Now, while I was recording this, we were parked at Jeff and Stacy Snyder's little farm. So you may hear geese or roosters or burls, and you might hear my cat once in a while, who's a bit wild. So before playing this recording for you, let me introduce Nancy to you. Nancy Weil 
is a leading authority on the relationship between humor and grief and is known for her energetic, entertaining, and content-rich programs. She runs a national virtual grief support group through her work with the Order of the Golden Rule and Association for Independent Funeral Homes. Nancy is certified as a funeral celebrant, a grief management specialist, and laughter leader. She is the founder of the Laugh Academy and the author of If Stress Doesn't Kill You, Your Family Might. I am pretty excited to let you hear my conversation with Nancy, so let's get started. Well, hi, Nancy. I am so glad you accepted my invitation to join me today. I think you are only the third person in almost four years of this podcast that I have invited as someone who has not experienced the loss of a child through death. So a very special welcome to you. I am so honored, you know, when you told me that, it really touched my heart that you trust me enough to bring a message of comfort based on my background and experience of working with the bereaved for so many years and not being able to put myself in your listener's place, but being able to offer hopefully what will help them along their journey. Yeah. And that, you know, that that's a big thing. It's it's because I know my listeners trust me. And yeah. so I, I can't just bring just anyone in. So, yeah. Now, Nancy, I know you are known for laughter and mm-hmm. how that helps us in a place of grief. And I do want to schedule a time to have you back for that. But today we're going to go in a different direction. You know, you and I met on the grief cruise last December. And I was so blessed by one of your sessions where you talked about communication with those who have already lost their shell of a body and crossed over into another world. And you're very clear that you're not a theologian, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I'm absolutely clear that everything we're going to talk about, we we don't really know, right? This is the one time we're going to talk about something that we we really have no idea what we're talking about Mm -hmm. because- there's no scientific proof. There is no, you know, absolutes with this topic. I guess that's where we cross over a little bit into just it being a, a faith journey of yes. what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. I do know that I've heard stories after stories after stories over the years, and every single one brings comfort. And I think that's why it has value to discuss. Right. And I, you know, like I, I'm going to say again, like I did in the intro to this conversation, that in last week's episode, which is 189, I did look at scriptures on this topic. We talk about what the Bible has to say about this. And I did that specifically to lay a foundation for this talk. So I'm going to ask the listeners not to respond to this discussion on what the Bible says about this topic. You can share those thoughts under last week's episode where that was specifically discussed. So Nancy, let's start out by talking about death itself. What happens when we die? Well, isn't that the biggest question to ask? Mm -hmm. We don't know. That's your answer. We don't know. We each in different faith beliefs have different um, ideas of what happens. I believe, this is my own personal belief, is that love does not die. That that Mm -hmm. connection to those you love does not end, continues to keep us connected. It's not like when someone dies, they just disappear, Mm -hmm. right? There's an essence of them that remains. And we can talk about that being, oh, it remains in our heart, which it does. But there is that essence. There is still that connection. And most of the people over the years that I've worked with have 
believe that at some point when they die, there will be a way for them to be reunited with all of those that they love. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I like to think that as well. I, I sure hope so. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd, li- I'd like to know that when I die, I can see my mom again and, and all of those that I love, I would like that to be reunited again with them and see them again. And so I think there is a comfort oftentimes that comes from those beliefs for those who are listening, who have had, you know, a child die to think about the fact that in some way that child is still part of them, that in some way they will be reunited again. There is something about that, that I think we don't ever want to take away from people. Right. You know, we don't ever want to take away from people. Although I'll tell you a funny story. Now you got me going with okay, stories. Good, good. Because I, I, <laughs> I know you have lots of them. 20 years. So I have lots of stories. <laughs> yes, yes. So I was it. running a grief support group and this person um, has had their wife had died. And they said, well, what if I get married again? And then when I die and I get, is she going to be mad at me when I see her again? <laughs> And I said, no, I, I think she'll understand. It's okay. <laughs> so, you know, there is that question of how will that happen? But I I like to think it will happen. I, I like to think that connection um, is what remains. Mm-hmm. Is what remains. Yeah. And it's interesting because we have the belief that God is love. He doesn't just love. He is love itself. Right. So anytime love is involved in any relationship, God is involved in that relationship. You cannot have love without God being present there somehow. And so it makes sense that if God is love and he is ever present, then love is ever present. That's right. And and, and I have to also add that I don't think that changes based on how your loved one dies. Yes, because there has been I used to work with the Catholic cemeteries. And at that time, they've since changed that. And in other religions as well has had that reference that if it was a death um, through suicide, that was a different classification. I don't believe that. I agree. I don't believe that at all. And so I, I think that no matter, you know, how your loved one died, we're still connected. Mm hmm. And then there, there just is no differentiation between that. Right, right. Now, one thing that drives me nuts, and I think it does you too, is when people talk about when someone dies, they become an angel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I like to say there is, God does not kill people because there's some angel roster in heaven that needs to be filled. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, if you want to have me slow burn is to say, well, God needed them more than you did. And it's yeah, like, or God needed really? another angel. Oh. Yeah, It's like, if you have eternity, you can't wait 80 years. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, so to say that, that they're now an angel and I love the idea if it, you know, to say, oh, they're an angel in heaven. Now it's a beautiful thing to envision. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's lovely, but angels are a different classification. Yes. Angels were not human. Angels Mm -hmm. did not have to come down here and fill their car with gas and pay bills. And, you know, (laughs) to me, an angel is a messenger of God. Yes. Yes. To me, an angel, I call them the postman of of the other side. 
the angels assist, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Like the the assistance there. Right. So angels are beautiful and wonderful mm -hmm. to work with, but that's, our our loved ones don't take on that role. Right. And if, if we believe what the Bible says, he created angels as separate beings. Humans and angels are totally separate beings. So let's go ahead and get into the nitty gritty of our topic today, which is visitations. Now, you already said these things can't be proven one way or another, can they? They absolutely cannot. So I I refer to these um, in two ways. The the more formal way that they are referred to would be after death communication. Okay. The more informal that I like to call them is hellos from heaven. Ah, okay. you know, it's like a little hello, it's a little hello. And, and, and the most important thing is when we say we cannot prove it and we'll share some stories today that I've heard Mm -hmm. over the years and each of you listening might have your own stories, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, And if you don't, we're going to talk about that as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. But I think some of this is always, I go back to the default. How did it make you feel? We're going to talk about the different types of visitations, but at the end of each one of those stories is how did it make you feel? Because if we can't prove it, Mm -hmm. then let's go into the feeling of it. And I will tell you almost every single time what I hear is I felt comfort. Now that that's interesting because I know in the kind of the realm that I grew up in, Talking about this topic, people can see that as demonic visitations or demons trying to fool you and that kind of a thing. And I and I understand that to a point. I know we're not to seek after. We're not told to go to psychics. We're told, you know, not to seek after those things. That can put you in a dangerous spot. But the interesting thought is the word that you just use, comfort, because the Holy Spirit is our comforter. And so that that's just an interesting, just a little thing to think about for those who might feel a little uncomfortable about this. And what do you most want? When, when we are grieving, when we have lost someone, depending where we are along that journey, or maybe it's just that particular day or something else that has taken place, right? Mm-hmm. We're seeking comfort. Yes. Whether that comfort is coming from other people, whether that comfort is coming from our faith, whether that comfort Mm -hmm. is coming from what our topic is about, we are looking for comfort Mm -hmm. because we are uncomfortable. Right. You know, I I asked my group, my grief support group met last night and I asked them, what is your capacity? What is your capacity for holding sorrow? And what is your capacity for holding joy? Hmm. I said, now the joy might have been five years ago. Maybe right now you're not feeling the joy, but we have within ourselves that capacity yes. to hold what we never thought we could hold. Mm-hmm. No one listening here ever thought that not only would they be faced with the death of a child, but no one here ever thought they'd have the capacity to hold that level of sorrow yes. in themselves. And then we could go into a whole other topic of resiliency and, you know, (laughs) but at the base of all of it within that, as we are these vessels for this pain that we're holding, we're looking for comfort. We're looking for things that will help to give us hope. And, you know, that's why my group is called hope after heartache, because there is hope, right? There is hope. 
Yes, your, definitely. Your entire ministry is based on that, right? Yes. That, that mm-hmm. There are things you can do with that pain to transmute and change it into helping other people. Right. We're going to get into the, there are four different types of visitations. And I do just want to add to something that you said just reminded me. I know sometimes we think that maybe our child or our loved one comes to us as something else. And I just want to say, I don't believe that. Just like we don't turn into angels. We don't turn into other animals. We don't become a bird. Or a rock or, you know, whatever. But I do believe that those can be things that can be sent to us as signs of comfort and signs of hope. But I don't think that's our actual child. Let me tell you a story (laughs) that illustrates this. Yes. Uh, When I was working at the cemetery, an older woman came in and she was going to go and her daughter had died. Her adult daughter had died from cancer and was in our mausoleum. And she came in because she needed to talk to us about something. And she told me this story. She said that she had broken her leg. That's why she hadn't been visiting for a while. She was homebound. She couldn't leave. And she said she was just home all the time, all day, every day. And she said she noticed at 2.08 p.m. every day they had a big pine tree in the backyard. And a, a dove came and and three times would circle the tree, land on a branch, and look at her. Hmm. And would fly off. And every day at 208. Hmm. So here she is in our office. She's like, oh, I got to get this done. I got to get home. My bird, my bird's going to visit. Still came and visited. And she said, I think that bird was sent by my daughter to bring me Mm. comfort. Yes. So did her daughter become that bird that circled the tree? No. Mm -mm. Was the bird sent as a sign to connect her right with her daughter? Right. And so this brings us into, I guess, the four rules I say mm-hmm, of the yeah. of these signs of these signs is that the first one is you have to notice it. If she wasn't home, if she wasn't looking out that window, if she didn't notice it every day at the same time, right? We have to notice something, whatever that is, whether it's mm-hmm. you know um, dimes being left. I had a woman in my Greek group said, I, "Can you send me something that doesn't go clink when it lands?" You know. Some- <laughs> $100 bills would be good, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes people will find pennies or dimes or, you know, coins. Sometimes they'll just notice a bird. They'll notice something, right? A feather, mm-hmm. different things they'll notice. Something's mm-hmm. moved in the house. Something's moved. My friend had a ceramic figurine that her father had given to her as a gift and was way up high on top of a bookcase. And every day after her dad died, she'd come home and it was moved. It was looking a different direction. She lived mm. alone. She lived alone. Huh right? So we have to notice it. We have to notice it. The second step is we have to recognize it. This might be a sign. This might be right. That hello from heaven, which Mm -hmm. you recognize maybe it's not just a bird or just a penny or just right. Coincidence. Mm -hmm. Right. The next thing we have to do is interpret it. Who is it from? What are they trying to tell me? Right. Interpret Mm -hmm. it. The final step, which is the most difficult step, is we have to believe it. Mm -hmm. Believe it really is a message from our loved one. Mm -hmm. And that's what trips us up so often. Because now our right brain, which is connecting us, right, to our spiritual essence, the left brain jumps in and starts analyzing it. Mm -hmm. Right. Kind of disconnects us from what it could be. Well, let's explain it away. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. It could be vibrations are moving this figurine every day, right? So we try to start analyzing it, tearing it apart. 
That's why I always default to how did it make you feel? Hmm. Doesn't matter if it was or wasn't from them. If you got comfort from it, let it be that, right? Just let Hmm. it be that. I love what you just said. It doesn't matter if it was or wasn't them. So even in the sense that we don't have to get to the point where, okay, I believe that was my child, you know, letting me know they're here or that they're fine or, or whatever, whether it was or wasn't, you can choose to let it make you feel comfort. 100%. Absolutely. I think also what happens is people are afraid to share these stories. Yes. And And I think a lot of that is definitely in the Christian world because we feel Mm -hmm. like we're getting off into something, you know, all woo woo and we're going to be led astray and, you know, we're going to go down the trail of the devil. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a huge thing, I think in the Christian world. And yet when I had people be brave and share a story, all of a sudden you'll see everybody else like nodding or Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, we've had something right. Um, or at least acknowledging it. Mm-hmm. And so we get very afraid to share it, even within our own family. Yes. You know, we think they're going to think that there's something off with us in some way. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we just hold it and we just don't ever tell anybody. Mm-hmm. And again, that's okay. It's mm-hmm. your experience. You don't have to share it with anybody. Right. But I think sometimes when you do and someone else acknowledges or shares their story, it, it makes you feel like, oh, maybe it really did happen then. Because Helps these to validate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Nancy, what are the different types of visitations? So I don't know that we can list all of them, but let's go through some of the most common. Okay. okay? So dreams. Mm-hmm. How often do you dream of your loved one? Now there's a difference of a dream of your loved one and a visitation dream. The difference is number one, you can recall that dream years later, as vividly as the day that you had it, as that yes. night you dreamt it, you will still recall it. It has almost like it in, involves our senses. You know, you smell them, you, you, you feel them, it, you see them. It involves our senses. There's something about it that is so real. Mm-hmm. I, I had a friend um, whose father died very suddenly, very tragically, and they had been incredibly close. About four months after he died, she and I worked together and I came to work and she was just in tears. And she said, Nancy, my dad came to me last night. I said, he did. And she said, yeah. I saw him and he held his arms out and I ran into his arms and I could feel his big arms wrapped around me in the tightest mm. hug. And he said, I miss you. And she said, daddy, I, I miss you too so much. I love you so much. And he said, I love you too. She said, I could smell his cologne. Mm. I could feel his arms around me. She said, I, it was like waking up was horrible. Mm -hmm. I was with my dad and if I called her now and that incident happened 15 years ago she would tell me that dream exactly like she told it to me that day Mm -hmm. so you know oftentimes in our dreams that that will come symbols as we talked about sometimes it's a it's a song right or right could be a sports team they loved and we're seeing it over and over in these odd places or certain Um, numbers certain numbers Mm -hmm. you know 
um, you turn on the radio and this song is on that was your your song. Maybe it was the song you you know that you used to play to your child or that they love that group. Um, you're, you go to a restaurant and in the music playing overhead, you hear that song, like it just keeps mm-hmm. showing up, right? Mm-hmm. Like in these right, random right. places mm-hmm. and it, and it makes you think about them. Mm-hmm. It, it can be sometimes that you actually see them. Usually it's the peripheral vision, mm-hmm. right? You're like, oh, they just walked in the room and then you turn and you're like, oh no, they're not here. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes and you, you think it's just your mind playing tricks on you. A hundred percent. hmm um, I had a, a woman, I hope you don't mind these stories, but I, I, oh, feel I like love these stories. No, this is great. <laughs> um, I had a woman in my group and she said she was watching TV one night and all of a sudden she felt her husband come up from behind and kiss her on the cheek and say, I love you and whispered in her ear. And she turned and of course there was nothing. Mm-hmm. There. She said, I, I felt him. I felt him. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. And so again, some of this, as we talk about that story, as we talk about dreams, what happens, we're almost in this meditative state in a way when we're dreaming, our conscious mm-hmm. mind, you know, the monkey mind isn't going when she was watching TV, mm-hmm. she was sort of zoned right. out, you know, um, driving oftentimes because you're in that other state right. where the conscious mind isn't working overtime mm-hmm. to shut things out. Right. Uh, you might have just a feeling, right? It's just a sense that mm-hmm. they're present. I've been having that a lot lately with my mom. She and I have been having some long discussions because I keep feeling her around me. Mm. I just, I just sense and feel her around me. And it's kind of nice. I'm like, hi, mom. You know, I, I know I turn <laughs> around and has a situation with my dad. And of course, you know, they were married many, many years. So she knows I mostly watch out for him. So she's just kind of checking in, mm-hmm. making sure I'm taking care of him. So it might just be a feeling, smells. It could be their yes. cologne. It could be their favorite flower. If they were cigarette smokers, you might walk into a room and smell cigarettes. Strong you garlic know? where there shouldn't be garlic. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was at a funeral, a visitation, and a friend of mine whose mom had died, who actually had had her funeral through the same funeral home. She and I went together to this visitation. It was a mutual friend whose um, dad had died. And there were flowers all around, right? All these flowers. Mm-hmm. And we're at the funeral home and all of a sudden I am smelling cigarette smoke and she's smelling it. I'm thinking, who's mm, smoking inside right. a funeral home? Like, right, right. <laughs> you, know, you don't smoke here. Right. And so we we walked out because I sort of wanted to see if somebody smoking, you know, right outside. Right. Like what's happening? And we, we, and I've been talking to her about, does it bother you being here where your mom had been? Right. right? Yes. It's bringing up those mm-hmm. feelings for you because I wanted to support her as her friend. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about her, you know, of course, but I'm, I'm glad we're here for our friend. So we start to walk down the hall and this overwhelming smell of gardenias hits us. Mm. And it is a dark hall. There are no flowers down in that hall. There is nothing going on in that hallway. And she goes, oh my gosh, are you smelling this? I'm like, yeah. She goes, that's my mom. Mm. That's my mom. And I said, did your mom smoke? She goes, yeah, but she was always hiding it from us because she knew we got upset. <laughs> I go, I think that was your mom in the other room. Mm. She goes, well, why would she have sent me the smell of gardenias? Like she always does. I said, would you have noticed with all those flower bouquets? Exactly. You know, that were there? And mm-hmm. she started laughing. She goes, no. And I said, I think your mom wants you to know because, because she was hurting because of being in that space where her mom had been. Yeah. Her mom was sending that comfort. Hmm. So those smells 
absolutely can come up. And then um, electronics. Oh, my uh, gosh. Love playing with electronics, right? A TV <laughs> suddenly comes on, a light, you know, dims and goes back up again. Things like that that are um, unusual ways for electronics. to. And those are easy back. ones to just push aside because it's technology, so because we know that all kinds of crazy things happen with technology. So those are really easy to just justify yeah. and not pay attention to, like you were yeah, saying. I, I had a gentleman after his wife died, he had, you know, been out running some errands and came home and the TV was on. He hadn't left the TV on and it was a car auction. And he hmm. and his wife used to always go to car auctions. They loved oh. cars. They used to watch the TV shows with the oh. you know, classic cars. That wasn't the station he had been watching before he left. Like that was not the station yeah. that he watched the last time he was at TV. And he's like, oh, honey, are you are you here to say hi? Because again, if the TV was just on, he might have thought, oh, right. I'm it right, was a right, different right. Different station. It was the show that connected them. Mm -hmm. And so it's that kind of when we look at that, you know, um, yeah. it's that idea of of the electronics. It's those types of things that happen. Mm -hmm. Oh, so your phone rings, nobody's there, and it's saying unknown number, right? And it's like, mm -hmm. well, who, who keeps calling me, right? Mm -hmm. Or it's like I said, a lot of times it's lights. You know, mm -hmm. a light in your house suddenly comes on and nobody's mm -hmm. around. Right. And so, yeah, we, we we absolutely can write that off. But if it happens consistently. Or if, if your child was a prankster, it could be the light keeps going off. <laughs> so much so. So so that brings up such a great point, by the way. I love this conversation. The essence of who your loved one has been in your life will show up in that way. Because that, otherwise, how will you know who they are, Right. Mm -hmm. So if, if that child loved playing practical jokes and loved doing those things, it could be your keys keep getting moved, right? Mm -hmm. It could be things like that, that, that we're like, oh, come on, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, right. but we love it because we know it's them, right? Mm -hmm. We know it's them. I, I had a cousin whose son died as an adult and she got a call from um, another relative and she said, I, I don't know how to say this. And she goes, what? She goes, I think Paul's here. Like I keep feeling Paul. And she goes, oh, if it's not a good time, just tell him to leave. He'll be back again. Uh, and her friends are, her, you know, the family members are laughing. And she goes, oh, he's with me all the time. She hmm. goes, no, she goes, he's always moving things and he's turning things on and off, you know, and he was always playing with her. To the point where it was almost a distraction where she'd be like, Paul, enough today. <laughs> so here uh, some of us would yearn for that. Mm -hmm. She had it so much from him. So if they were very quiet in life, mm -hmm. these hellos could be very subtle, right? Very mm -hmm. quiet. The, these, these will reflect, right? Mm -hmm. who, who they were. So it brings up the most important thing of people are listening going, well, why aren't I having exactly this? that's and yes, that's what I was going to bring up next. Yes, we have to bring that up because I don't want anybody listening to this going, well, my loved one, what they didn't love me enough to come back. They don't think I need the comfort, you know, and I, I hear from parents. It's like other people are dreaming about my child. How come I'm not getting dreams? They're exactly. getting things. How come I'm not? I'm the mom. You know, why am I not getting any of this? And my answer is, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah. answer is, I don't know, but right. I have my theories. So okay. my theories are, number one, maybe you are and you're not noticing it. 
right? You're not okay. recognizing it or noticing it. So number one, it could be that. It could just be that your loved one is respecting you and your space. Yes. That maybe in some way they're afraid in coming to you, it would upset you instead of comfort you. That's what I have thought quite often is mm -hmm. that you're just not ready. It would be too painful. Like that one daughter who had the dad come to her and then you have to let go again. Yes. I mean, they yes. could know how devastating that's going to be to you and they don't want to do that to you. Yeah, absolutely. And so it may not be that you're not getting that. It could be mm -hmm. that you're not getting it because of their relationship with you and their love for you. Mm -hmm. um, it could be timing, mm, you yes. know, maybe not yet, mm -hmm. but maybe not never. And right. so, okay, I'll give you. Go ahead, go for story. it. Yes, yes, please. This is my story. <laughs> okay. So my grandparents always had lilies of the valley around their their back patio. Okay. So when my grandmother died, in her honor. I planted lilies of the valley in the back corner of my yard and every year they would come up and every year they would spread. And not once did I get a flower on them. Not once mm. up, they spread nothing green, wow. green, green. Many years later, my grandfather dies April 1st, mm. I come home from the funeral and I go to the back corner of that yard and those lilies of the valley were in full bloom. Wow. So you know, I had to wait a long time for that sign. Hmm. That was her way of saying we're together. Hmm. That's how I interpreted it. We're, right, we're right. I had so much comfort because they were so much in love. Hmm. I really felt that when she died, he'd be one that would die of a broken heart. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. Hmm. And we were blessed to have him for so long after. But I knew how much he missed her. And hmm. so to have those lilies of the valley go into bloom. They right just happened to. Mm hmm. Said to can, me, all right, we're good. We're together. You can interpret that however you want. Right. So mm -hmm. it could be just you got to wait. You have to be patient. <laughs> I, had, I had to wait quite some time to mm -hmm. get that sign from her, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's okay. And I, I think too, I, I know like my husband, like I, I'll talk to Becca, whether I feel like she's around or not. I mean, I just talk to her sometimes or stand at the cemetery and talk to her at her grave. And Dave's one that just can't do that. He just feels like I just, I can't, I can't do that. She's not here, but he's realized that I can ask God, I can talk to God and mm -hmm. I can send a message to her through the Lord. And so I think anyone listening who may feel maybe uncomfortable with that part of things, then it's okay to say, God, would you allow my child to just send me something? Or would you send me something from my child? Give my child a hug from me. And, and mm -hmm. would you send me something from my child? Yeah. Yeah. My, my rule of grief that I came up with is this. You are allowed to grieve any way you want, as long as it is not illegal or dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are drinking too much, if you are diabetic and eating a lot of sugary treats, you know, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. Yeah, we, we right. need to look at that. You know, if there is a mm -hmm. clinical depression, we need to look at that. Mm -hmm. But people don't get to should on us when we're grieving. They that's don't right. get to say you should grieve this way because that's, right. that's how I grieve. Right. Exactly. So, and oftentimes when, when a child has died, the parents each grieve differently. Yes, definitely. And, mm -hmm. and so giving space to each parent to grieve in the way that they need to mm -hmm. doesn't 
at any way change the depth of their love for their child. Right. You know, it's just different. Exactly. But it's okay. mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I think sometimes parents get caught up in the, I don't see you crying. Don't you mm-hmm. miss them? Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. of course I miss them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 We talk I, about that because it's, yeah, yeah it, it's funny because I, I like to say, we, we say there's no wrong way to grieve until you're doing it wrong. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no timeline on grief. I always say the heart has no calendar. Yes. The heart just knows someone I love deeply is no longer here with me. Mm-hmm. That's all it knows. It doesn't know it's been a year. It's been five years. It's been mm-hmm. 10 years. The nature of our grief changes over time, mm-hmm. but it's not that suddenly we're, you know, over it because the calendar page is turned. Right. Because for the rest of my life, there are going to be moments like right now, I miss them <laughs> terribly <gasps> in this oh. moment, in this sitting, in this situation, or it doesn't even have to be. It's just out of the blue. I just miss them. You know, when we're in this place of deep grief, we are in a very vulnerable place for attacks from the enemy. And I think that can be another fear for mm-hmm. us. But the thing is, we have to realize the Lord is even more aware of that than we are. Yeah. And I believe the Lord's love for us and his care for us and his tenderness for us in this place of being vulnerable can also protect us. If our concern is, I don't want to go down the wrong path. I don't want to be doing something that's from the enemy trying to lead me away from God. You take that to God and his love for you is going, your your own concern for that and his love for you and his knowing how vulnerable you are. I believe he's going to step in and protect you from those things. So, And, and I yeah. think it's also, and I know you must discuss this over and over again, but even when your child dies, you're still your child's mom. Yes. Your child's dad. Yes. One of my mentors when I did grief work is Darcy Sims. And some mm. of your listeners may know Darcy's work. And her work began because her son at two years old um, developed brain cancer and died from it. And she also had a daughter, older daughter. And for the rest of Darcy's life, she was a psychologist. She traveled the country speaking just like you do to speak about grief always in little a's honor he came with her mm-hmm. on every program she ever gave right he was her inspiration and because of his death she changed thousands of lives after darcy and her husband both died their daughter was the last one of the you know mm-hmm. family And I see her all the time still posting on Facebook and still talking about her parents, still talking about her Mm -hmm. brother. She, she did not grow up an only child. She had Mm -hmm. a brother. Uh, Right. And he died. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes in society, people get uncomfortable with the loss and they want to act as if your child did not exist. Your child did. Yes. Always will be part of the family. No matter the length of their life. Mm-hmm. No, no matter. And it's amazing too. I know something that Glenn Lord likes to point out is that our love doesn't diminish. Even though our child isn't here, our love continues to grow for them. And that's crazy. 
No, but it does. It doesn't, it doesn't decrease or diminish it. You know, very few will say it stays the same. Even our love for our child who isn't here even continues to grow. Well, Nancy, thank you so much for spending this time with us. How can listeners connect with you? So they can just send me an email. It's Nancy at the T-H-E laugh. L-A-U-G-H Academy, A-C-A-D-E-M-Y.com, Nancy at the Laugh Academy.com. And I do respond to emails that I get. I, I'm always open to hearing from people and mm-hmm. maybe providing resources that I have acquired over the years and different things. Um, so feel free to reach out. I always say my life is not that important that I can't be interrupted. You yeah. know, just reach out to me. I, I do feel that. I also have an end of life ministry that mm-hmm. I was called to do the grief yes. you know, work like you do. Mm-hmm. And it is a sacred honor yes. to sit with people in their darkest moment. Um, as a matter of fact, I just got this quote and I made it into a, into a little plaque and it says, everyone wants to be the sun to brighten up someone's life but why not be the moon to shine on someone's darkest hour? Mm. And even those who are listening may say, I'm not going to be Darcy traveling the country, speaking to thousands of people. Right. But you know what? In having gone through the loss that you have, just by reaching out sometimes to one other parent mm. who was newly bereaved and sitting with them, right? in their pain, holding space for their tears, shining hope maybe right that life mm-hmm. always feels so intense that is also a blessing that each listener has the ability to give yes and 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 that truly sometimes just that that reaching out to the one person is enough yes well, i was going to ask you for a final thought and i think you just gave it that was wonderful <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. thank you so much nancy it was just a real joy to be able to talk about this topic with you and we'll have you back on. We'll do the laugh stuff. Talk about that. (laughs) Let's absolutely do that as we move, you know? Oh, and I do want to mention people can meet you. They can come on the grief cruise. I will be on the grief grief cruise. cruise. Yes. And I will tell you, if you have not experienced that grief cruise, it is absolutely incredible. It It is. is a place where you gather with other people, you learn from each other, you learn from, you know, grief experts, and you have a cruise and you get to have the fun of the cruise as well. Mm. And so it it is pretty an amazing experience too. It is. It really is. Transformative. We'll call it transformative. Yes, I I agree. Body, soul, and spirit. It just reaches every part of you and just Mm. brings a needed measure of healing in every single part of you. So check Mm. it out, people. Check it out. (laughs) I'll put a link. Laura, thanks for having me. I sincerely mean I am honored that you allowed me here and that you trusted me to be a part of of your mission. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. I hope this conversation with Nancy was an encouragement to you in some way. This is really needed in the Christian community because of the fear that it is a trap from the enemy to lead us away from God. And I do my best to consistently ask God to not allow me to go in a direction that causes deception, which will lead me away from him. And especially 
lead anyone that I talk to or that he puts in front of me away from him. And toward the darkness of the enemy disguised as light, which I talked about last week. I would love to hear your stories about encounters that you may have wondered uh, or maybe thought it was uh, something with your child being there present with you. I'll put a link to the GPS Hope webpage where you can share them. If you listen to this podcast on an app like Apple Podcast or Stitcher, you can put comments on this podcast episode on the webpage. And I am going to remind you once again not to respond to this discussion on what the Bible says about this topic. If you want to share your thoughts on that, please do it in the appropriate place, which is episode 189, the one right before this. And once again, any comments along that line on this episode with Nancy, you're not going to see them there. The bottom line is that, like Nancy said, we really don't know. We cannot base our beliefs fully on how we feel or our experiences, and yet we also cannot deny those things in our lives, which is why each one of us needs to take it to God personally and allow the Holy Spirit to speak truth to your heart based on where you are on this journey with Him that we call life. Have you thought about giving your child a Christmas gift this year? You might want to consider sponsoring a podcast episode the week of his or her birthday like John and Tricia did for John Jr. today. It is only a $50 donation to GPS Hope. Just go to gpshope.org, find the Donate tab, and click on Sponsor a Podcast Episode. Not only will it be a blessing on your end, but it will bless us as well, helping us to keep this podcast in ministry going. Also right now, You can save up to $1,000 booking your cabin on the grief cruise that Nancy and I talked about. If you have even remotely had a thought that it might be interesting or fun, don't put off checking it out. Go to gpshope.org slash cruise. You can see a video of the last cruise there, and there's a lot of information there. And there's also a place you can click to talk to Lynn Finley, who puts this all together, to get more detailed information and especially to talk about what it takes to book a cabin. We would love to spend time with you and to have you join us in October on this cruise. Let's go ahead and get to our birthday segment. Austin Smith was born on December 18th and is forever 30. Luke Getchell was born on December 19th and is forever 14. Carissa Perkins was born on December 21st and is forever 29. Dylan Bieber was born on December 21st and is forever 16. Jonathan Granick was born on December 21st and is forever 36. James Anthony Walkley was born on December 23rd and is forever 28. John Ferreira Jr. was born on December 24th and is forever 32. We celebrate with these families the day these children came into the world. It will always be a special and important day in our lives. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced the week of his or her birthday, I would love to be able to do that. Just go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form, submit it, 
and I'll be sure to announce your child that week. And Dave will also send you an email to remind you to listen. As you are quite aware, when this podcast episode comes out, we are just a few days away from Christmas. And as I close out today's episode, I would like to pray over you. Father, I just lift up every listener to you. This is such a hard time of year, and something about this just makes us miss our children even more. And I know some of us that have been on this journey for a few years, sometimes the gears are okay, and other times we just get hit hard. And I especially pray for those who are just getting hit hard with the grief and just the reality of how much we miss our children. Lord, I pray that every single listener will feel your warmth of love wrapped around them, will feel your presence in some way, your peace, and even have moments of joy. Lord, in the pain of missing our child, may we also receive the comfort from your Holy Spirit, knowing this is not permanent and we will see our children again. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Thank you for becoming one of us and coming as a little baby and and growing up as a man, as a human, and the price you paid so that we could be with you forever and be with our children. Thank you also that we have each other to walk through this journey together. I just pray a blessing, Lord, however you choose to bless on each family listening. And I pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. As you go through this week, remember that even though we may have lost our desire to celebrate, we've not lost the reason, which is, like I just prayed, Jesus coming as a baby for the purpose of becoming the final sacrifice that allows us to not only be united to God, spirit to spirit, but to be reunited with our children for all eternity. So remember to hold on, pain is 